Um, I'll just be doing a short reading before Steve comes up to share a short reflection. I'll be reading from 1 John, verses 29 to 30. John 1, 29 to 37, yeah. The next day, John saw Jesus coming towards him and said, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is the one I meant when I said, a man who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but the reason I came baptizing with water was that he might be revealed to Israel. Then John gave his testimony. I saw the spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remain on him. And I myself did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water told me, the man on whom you see the spirit come down and remain is the one who will baptize with Holy Spirit. I have seen and I testify that this is God's chosen one. The next day, John was there again with two of his disciples. When he saw Jesus passing by, he said, look, the Lamb of God. When the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. This is the word of the Lord. It has been said several times this evening that this is going to be a short talk. <laughs> this will be a short talk in the Gareth sense of a sort of short talk. <laughs> and I do have three points. So um, last summer, I had the opportunity uh, to go and visit another church. And I came back, and in our staff meeting the following Tuesday, I made a few observations about the church to which I had visited. And uh, the most important one was this. I said, they talked a lot about Jesus. And you may think, well, don't all churches talk a lot about Jesus? Don't we talk a lot about Jesus? But as I was in the context of this other church, I thought, they talk a lot more about Jesus than we talk about Jesus. They are really focused on Jesus. And as I reflected, it seemed to me that a lot of our focus is actually on ourselves, but through a kind of filter of Jesus. And the passage that Izzy has read to us from John 1 about John the Baptist shows a man who talks a lot about Jesus. That, look, there's this, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. He's the one who is greater than me. He was before me, yet he comes after me. And he is the one on whom the Spirit rests and the one who will give the Spirit. There's the Lamb of God. He's always talking about Jesus. An American sociologist, Chris Smith, did a survey of faith amongst um, young people in America. And he came up with a phrase to sum up what that, phrase, that faith was all about. And that phrase is moralistic, therapeutic deism. Big words. Deism. Basically, deism is a belief that there is a God. Uh, deism, historically, was the kind of enlightenment God, the God who wound up the universe and then went off for a tea break. The, the, the God who is there in the background, but not particularly uh, 
involved. A God that you need in crises, but basically not the rest of your life. The moralistic bit is this God expects you to be good. And he wants you to be good. And he knows you want to be good and he'll help you to be good. And if you're good, you may end up in heaven. And the therapeutic bit is that really God is there to make you better. God is there to help you. God is there to answer your needs. God is there to make your life better. And you may think, well, that um, moralistic, therapeutic deism is not dissimilar to my own faith. Well, if that is the case, I'm not belittling your faith, but it's not actually Christianity. Because Christianity is not about me. Christianity is about Jesus. And, you know, we often use the phrase here that it's about his big story and us becoming part of his big story rather than him kind of adorning our story that we post on Facebook. So, what I see in John is someone who talks a lot about Jesus. And I just wonder whether we do much of that. You know, I, I, I wonder when we are together, whether we really talk much about Jesus, or whether we really talk about our experience, our lives. You know, we might actually be a little bit embarrassed to have a conversation about Jesus. But John talked a lot about Jesus. Second thing I notice in this passage is that John pointed beyond himself to Jesus. You notice that? Here's John. He's the one with the disciples. And then he sees Jesus and he says, look, there's the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And his disciples go to Jesus, and Jesus does what he always did and, and continues to do. He invites them into his life. They say, where do you live? And he says, come and see. And they spend the rest of the day with him. By the end of the day, they're not interested in John. They become followers of Jesus. And then one of those is Andrew, and when Andrew tells Peter he didn't tell Peter about John the Baptist. He bypasses John the Baptist altogether, takes him straight to Jesus. And John the Baptist becomes this kind of signpost, just standing there. That's Jesus. And he's, he's content. He's content for people not to attach themselves to him, but to attach themselves to Jesus. About 10 years ago, uh, my, when my family were younger, we always used to go on holiday around Easter time uh, to the Lake District. And we were there, and we went to uh, the local uh, Anglican church, which we uh, normally did on the Sunday when we were on holiday. Yeah, we went to church on holiday. Um, and, um, and we met this other family, and they had kids a similar age to us, and they, they were lovely. We, we just hit it off with them, and... Um, they said, um, well, why didn't you come back later in the afternoon, come to our house and have a meal? Uh, and they said, we've got a, a holiday place at Troutbeck. So we said, great. 
So we were driving, Gate got the, the, the postcode and everything. We were driving there, and I said to Jane, I think it's probably one of those little chalets, you know, those holiday chalets near the river. It wasn't. We drove up this private drive, and their holiday house, I'm not lying, is the best house I've ever been in. Turns out this guy is a partner in a multinational company. And uh, we went for a walk, and uh, we got chatting, and I really like this guy. Uh, but he was really, his real interest was in the Keswick Convention. He said, are you involved in the Keswick Convention? I said, no, no, I, I, you know, I used to go in as a teenager. He talks. So happens, my brother-in-law at the time was the chairman of the Keswick Convention. Guess what happened? David became his friend. Now, we did go as a whole family, actually, and stay at that beautiful house, but the invitation came through John, my brother-in-law, not through me. I wonder whether you've ever had that experience of someone kind of moving on from you. Well, you need to get used to it. Because that is what it's about. It's not about drawing people to ourselves, but pointing people to Jesus. And you know, if you have the privilege of sharing your faith with a friend and seeing them come to Christ, it is the most amazing, wonderful experience. It's like being at the birth of your child. And you get very attached to that individual. But they're not yours. They're born into new life, into relationship with Jesus. It's all about him. And they may start to come to church. And they come to church and they may make better friends than you in church. And that's okay. And they may go on to do better things than you and become more, their gifts may be greater than yours. It's okay. Because it's not about us. It's about Jesus. And John the Baptist was prepared to point people on from himself to Jesus. And the third thing I notice about John the Baptist is this. He is preoccupied with Jesus. I, I, you notice, every time he sees Jesus, he, he doesn't kind of behave all cool and say, oh, oh yeah, that's Jesus. Yeah. He, he's like, hey, that's Jesus. He is he is the Lamb of God. He's the one who takes away the sin of the world. All those sacrifices that we have had in our Jewish experience on the Day of Atonement and when you go to the temple, they all point to that person. He's the Lamb of God. He's, he's the one it's all been pointed towards. He is the one on whom the Spirit comes and just, doesn't just kind of pay a visit like the Spirit did in the Old Testament to uh, Samson and Gideon and, and people like that. He's the one on whom the Spirit rests. He's the one who can give the Spirit. He's absolutely enthralled with Jesus. Now, next Saturday, I'm again going to see a beautiful girl with blue eyes. It's not my wife. She has beautiful blue eyes, but it's not my wife. And she's nine months old now. It's a little girl that we had the privilege of fostering. And uh, we're going to see her again. I'm really looking forward to seeing her. 
And when she, when she came to us, I looked at her and I thought, I'm not sure I'm going to be able to love her. You know, there's something fairly uh, primal in a male who looks for his DNA in a child, I think. Uh, and she didn't have any of our DNA. And she wouldn't make any eye contact. contact. And I thought, well, I don't know how she, long she's going to be with us, but I know the one thing a child needs at that stage of development is attention. And I made her look at my eyes. And I gave her lots of FaceTime, real FaceTime. And you know, it wasn't long before I'd come in the room and she'd go, and she'd be excited and she'd lock her eyes on me and she would not let go. I, I fell in love with that little girl. She's a beautiful little thing. And I saw her come alive as well. I don't know, you may not be comfortable with the picture, the metaphor. But it does say in Scripture, these words. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3, it describes this, our relationship with Jesus as being a bit like that. It says, we all, with unveiled faces, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being changed into his likeness from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. And so, it is to be our experience as followers of Jesus that we are preoccupied with him. That however this works out in your experience, it's like looking into his eyes a lot. And it changes us. It makes us like him. And in my experience, you know, I think back to when I first really gave my life to Jesus. And it, the, the closest thing I can describe it to is, is being in love. And every time that I have had a fresh encounter with him, it has been like that. And I would love it, I would love it if we as a church could spend time just looking at him. I would love it if we could sing some songs which did not include the words I and me that are not moralistic, therapeutic deism. It's not about how Jesus adds a little bit of gloss to my life, but it's about him. And so tonight, you know, we've got this wonderful privilege, haven't we? To just press pause in this busy, busy time and just get back to what it's all about. It's good to talk about Jesus. It's good to point to Jesus and away from ourselves. And it's good to be preoccupied with Jesus because he is the Lamb of God. 
who takes away the sin of the world. He is, he is everything. He's everything that I would love to be. He is the image of God. He, he is exactly what God looks like in human form. He's amazing. And you know, the, the greatest thing about John the, uh, John the Baptist, I guess, is really his humility, you know, pointing beyond himself to Jesus. But Jesus even has that in spades, way more than John the Baptist. Because, you know, one day everything is all going to be gathered together under the authority of Jesus. Everything will come under his feet, as the scripture says. And what's he going to do with it? He's going to gather it all up and say to the Father, Here, Father, this is for you. Isn't he great? So I just want to invite you to just take your eyes off yourself and look at him again. It's what we say, you know, he's the reason for the season, but he's the reason for everything, actually. Come on. Let's adore him.